Welcome to the Ticket to the Draft. I'm Logan Paulson. We are down here at the Senior Bowl, and we are going to give you everything draft and Senior Bowl related. We're talking Tez Walker, Latu Latu, Bo Nix, Penix. We're giving you all the insight right now. Welcome into the special edition Command Center podcast. I'm Logan Paulson here with... What are we calling you? Jag, Jason? Is that what we're calling you? Just yeah. the guy, Jason? So producer normally Jason. producer Jason, but in the, I'm offering no analysis here. <laughs> I'm not an expert at anything. I just produce this podcast, but we want a sounding board for you. Correct. So that's going to be me. So I'm here with you. I'm producing the show. So I'm going to ask you questions just so I get a better understanding. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just a guy. Yeah. So the people that listen to this, mostly just guys yeah. or gals. So I'm going to be that kind of proxy for them. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's great. Um, and so this is the ticket to the draft. Yeah. Right. And the ticket to the draft is presented by SeatGeek, the official primary ticketing partner of your Washington Commanders. And so we are down in Mobile, Alabama. We're in a hotel room right now doing this podcast. That's why there's no Fred, no Santana. And we are going to give you our insight into the Senior Bowl. And we watched all practices today, both practices today. And it was a gorgeous day down here in Mobile. Started off a little bit chilly, got a little hot as the day went on. Got a little sunburn, you and I both did. But it was a lot of fun. We got to watch a lot of football. And I thought we'd start high level and just kind of say, first practice of the day was the national roster. So that's the roster with Michael Penix, Bo Nix. And that practice went... I'd say very, very smoothly, right? Like not only was it smooth from a football standpoint, but just moving between drills, the execution practice seemed very high. And when you compare that to the American roster, which was the second practice of the afternoon, there was like a lot of standing around. I talked to a couple agents afterwards and they were like, why was there that 20, 25 minute period in the middle of practice where everyone was just standing around doing nothing? So very, very different. And then another thing that we noticed is that in the first practice, obviously, you have the big-name quarterbacks. You got Michael Penix Jr., you got Bo Nix. Probably guys, I know Jason, going in the first round, potentially. But we'll see what happens with Michael Penix Jr.'s in terms of his in terms of his medical stuff. Obviously, got a lot there to clear his back, his knee, a lot of college football. But guys, you know, like right now, if Bo, if, if Bo Nix comes out of this process really well, probably going to be a top 15 pick, so we'll see. Compare that to the second group, which is, you know, Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton, Michael Pratt. Uh, Carter Bradley, who again is from South Alabama, the school where the Senior Bowl is at. That's the American roster. I, th- I thought there was a noticeable difference between the two the two practices in terms of how the quarterbacks played, and I thought that affected the um, the quality of the receiver, tight end, running back play in some of the drills that they did. And so I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Why do you think they did that? Why do you think I have the, no, who put the roster together put guys that could be first round quarterback talent in one team and not and not split them why yeah. not bonix on one side penix on the other well, so so what so what i i was i thought about that too like if i was a scout what, what's the perfect scenario for me in terms of evaluating those two guys you want them this behind the same line throwing to the same guys correct same and, defense yeah so if we're trying to go apples to apples there's no better way to do that right we got the same o-line got the same skill position guys and again i don't I don't necessarily love that because I'd like the second group because I want to get an evaluation on the second group of receivers. So like in the first group, for example, we got, you know, Roman Wilson, Jake, uh, Jacob Cowing, Ricky Pearsaw, uh, Luke McCaffrey, Brendan Rice, Devontae Walker, uh, Malachi Corley, Javon Baker. 
all those guys I thought had pretty solid days, right? Javon Baker, the guy from Central Florida, stands out to me. Uh, Devontae Walker I thought was a little up and down, but showed that explosive speed. He had the fastest GPS time today. Ricky Pearsall, I mean, we knew. I mean, I think we, we, should, we do a, a shared Google document talking about draft stuff. Like, we knew he was going to have a good day. Didn't disappoint. Roman Wilson did, had a great day. Jacob Cowing had some huge explosive plays in one-on-one, absolutely dicing people from the slot, running deep posts. But one of the things that stuck out to me is in that group, you've got Bo Nix and Michael Penix. And they were able to throw really accurate deep balls and give their guys opportunities. And you just compare that, juxtapose that with the second group, which is, I think, a solid group of wide receivers. Guys I was really excited to watch. You know, Jamari Thrash, Jaquan Jackson, uh, Ryan Flor- Florio, who is an interesting guy because he was a late ad. I thought he had a great day today. We'll talk about it more later. Johnny Wilson, my favorite receiver in this group is Xavier Leggett. And then Lad McConkley, who also had a great day. You look at those guys, and they did not... They, in their one-on-one period, they did not complete a ball deeper than 15 yards. And there's a great rep today of Johnny Wilson absolutely dicing the corner. Does a great job being physical. Johnny Wilson, 6'6", 35-inch arms, 240 pounds. He was physical line of scrimmage, wins down the field, has multiple steps. The ball is overthrown by about five or six yards. And so you say to yourself, in the first group, is that an opportunity for Johnny Wilson to show, hey, man, I can be a true X receiver? Or is that just an overthrow? Because Brendan Rice in the first group caught an excellent ball from Bo Nix today. Excellent ball, diving catch, great job, but he got an opportunity to catch it. And I think when you look at the groups of the receivers, you kind of say that makes the evaluation for the receivers very, very challenging in my opinion. And I don't really know how to qualify because we, when this podcast started, we were fully ready to say Johnny Wilson had a bad day today. But then you go back and watch his reps because we were able to record some of it. And you say, actually... Not that bad. Like in terms of separation, you know, being physical at the catch point, he ran a great route today that he fell down on, but in terms of like the fundamentals, again, there's some stuff that I think with Johnny Wilson that's interesting and then how he handles himself in between drills. He's, he's always walking. He's not super jazzed up. That bothers me as a former player, you know, but I think um, those types of things are why you come to Senior Bowl to see the other stuff. But I, back to the receiver evaluation, I think it becomes really, really challenging to say, Receiver group A, receiver group for the uh, national roster is better than receiver group B, just because I think the quarterback play is so different. I mean, there was a there was a there was a time period in team in the team period where they just could not complete a pass. Like their the pressure was there from the defensive line. They just can, they just couldn't get it done. So that's something. Again, we're not overreacting to the first day, but after the first day today, definitely quarterback play is going to be a big story in terms of evaluating these guys. Moving forward, and I think that also affects the tight end groups. You know, like the tight end group for the first group for the national roster is guys you probably never heard of. It's Theo Johnson, Brevin Span Ford, uh, AJ Barner from Michigan. And Theo Johnson comes out of this and he looks like a really good football player. And at Penn State, where he's from, he looked more of like a blocking Y. Here he's look, he's got looks like he's got some pass game upside. And then a guy that I really like, and Jared Wiley had a really good day, very productive in seven on seven in the second group, but they just didn't have the same opportunities. So a big part of that is the offensive lines too, which we'll talk about in a second. But I think that to me is something that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on. Can these quarterbacks find a rhythm, find a chemistry? There was a rep today in the, it was the last rep of the team period for the national practice. Spencer Rattler walks the line of scrimmage. He looks at uh, Johnny Wilson, gives him the thumbs up. Johnny Wilson runs a go, beats the DB. And for whatever reason, Spencer Rattler does not throw the football. And I'm just like, why? 
let's let's get an evaluation on these guys you know so that was something that was really really frustrating but again i think if there's one group of pl- skill players at or a group of players you're like this group is is set is the um is the receivers man like they're just everybody's good like jaquan uh, like jaquan jackson looks like he's gonna be an excellent slot player Lad McConkey looked like he's going to be an excellent slot player. Like all of these guys, like you literally go down the list, and it's like no one had a really bad day. Um, I'm trying to think of it. Go ahead. So if we're going to go down the list, yeah, let's do that. I mean, if I'm just tuning in, yes. and I haven't done any research on this, yes, who are these guys? Like, right. so you're mentioning Johnny Wilson. Let's just start there. Yeah. Okay. Very quickly, how would you describe Johnny Wilson? What's his skill set? What's his positives? <laughs> what's his negatives? That's a great be- point. Because you're saying like, oh, he burned this guy. Is he yeah. a burner? Yeah. But he's huge. Like, so tell us a little. Let's bit talk about it. it. So basically, Johnny Wilson's in this very unique scenario, and I think he's very, it's very relevant to the Commanders because he's a guy. He's six six. I think he weighed. I think he weighed in at two thirty seven. He's got thirty five inch arms, which are longer than most offensive linemen. He's just a massive human being. And everyone's like, should he move to tight end? So with him, a reason I was watching him with the second group is like, is he athletic enough and fast enough to win consistently versus press coverage at the NFL level? And I feel like he showed an ability to do that at a relatively high level today, but it wasn't actualized today because the receivers kind of had a tough time. And I think a guy that we need to talk about is Xavier Leggett Mm -hmm. in the same group really fast, had the highest miles per hour of any player in college football last year. I think it was like 23 miles per hour, which is faster than like Tyreek Hill. He had a couple reps today where he is definitively beating the receiver just with pure speed down the field. He's a big guy, 6'1", about 227 pounds, big, thick, A.J. Brown-looking guy. Not the most nuanced route rush runner of all time, but a big physical dude. Beating guys down the field, and we just couldn't get him the football. And so do I, do I upgrade Lad McConkey, who's like this... 5'11", 180, 195-pound guy from Georgia who's excellent like kind of as a slot receiver because he's able to get open in the short to intermediate level and the quarterback's able to hit him because it's easier throws? Or or how, like, how do I evaluate that? And so that's the thing I'm going to keep an eye on because you saw the quality you wanted to see from Xavier Leggett, but it just wasn't maximized. So I love comps. Comps. You, you know this because I always ask you. Comps. Who, what is, who does this guy look like? What does he look like? And the reason I do that yeah. is because – as, as somebody who isn't in football all the time, right. right, watching film and grinding the way at it, like you are my guy, <laughs> I want to say to myself, all right, who is this guy remind me of so I can visualize somebody that I know, right? right? So for um, Leggett, you yes. just said A.J. Brown, yes. right? Uh-huh. Um, and then we were just talking about Johnny Wilson. Right. You're like... I said, yeah, like a like a less coordinated Keenan Allen. He's kind of like not super fast, but he's pretty sudden. He understands what he's good at. He uses his long arms. Like the the the, the goat that he got open today, he grabbed the receiver by the shoulder pads, threw him forward. He was trying to press him up, gets him stacked. Great job. Just needs an opportunity on the football. And I think you saw that. He ran a dig today. Really nice dig. Really good suddenness coming out of the break. The ball is way behind him, and he throws those 35-inch arms back to catch the football. So... Um, you know, I'm not saying Johnny Wilson had a perfect practice. Again, I was frustrated by some of the stuff in between drills, some of his effort in blocking things like that. And that's why you're here to watch it. Cause then I, again, a guy you look at that I was like blown away by from that standpoint is Ryan Florvon. I can't even say his last name. Fl- flower. Oh, flower. Oh, is that how you say it? Look at it. I don't Ryan Flory. That's how I'm going to say it. He, but he's from a small school, late ad, Southeast Missouri, and caught every ball that was thrown to him, ran an excellent comeback today, created excellent separation. And the thing, this is like nerdy scout stuff, but when you are with a receiver, 
someone that's not required to block, you get to see how much they love football. And this dude was absolutely throwing his stuff in there, trying to get after safeties, trying to get after DBs. And I just respect the hell out of that. Because if I'm because like if I'm betting, if I'm betting on Johnny Wilson, a guy that is very, very talented, but doesn't show that effort compared to to Ryan from Southeast Missouri, I, I say to myself, I, I would bet on Ryan because he can he can develop into a, a three with special teams upside and he's a good football player. And so th- again, that's why that's why you're here is to see how they not only do the big things, which is catching the football release on the routes, but how they block, how they do some of that other stuff. So so let's do that real quick. Yeah. All right. So what I want you to do. Okay. And we didn't talk about this in our production meeting, so I'm going to drop put, this put, on. Put you on the spot. What I'm going to do is. You're going to go down the roster of wide receivers, yes. right? You're going to say a name. Yep. You're going to say, all right, here's what this guy did well. Yeah. Here's what he didn't do well. Here's how he could fit with the commanders. Okay. I like it. Right? So real quick, like one one sentence yeah. on each one of those or two sentences. Like, I'm just going to pick briefly. guys that I think we need to talk about. Because there's some cool. guys Let's that I, do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for me, uh, Jacob Cowing from Arizona, small undersized guy. I think you saw a guy that fits that slot receiver role. Um, kind of, kind of like Amon Ross St. Brown, but a little bit smaller, a little bit faster, a little bit more sudden, kind of like Deshaun Jackson ish in terms of skill set. saw the deep ball. So you saw his trait, you saw his superpower. And I think that's another thing when you're looking at receivers specifically is you want to see their trait, their superpower. So cowing speed, quickness, you saw it. Ricky Pearsall, right? A guy that I absolutely loved. I loved everything he did. He's you know, we watched his film and he, the, I, I, the, my first note was like, he will crush the senior bowl because he's super sudden. He's super refined in his routes. He's about six foot. He's a little under 200 pounds, but he is, he's just like this great, he can play in the slot. I think he's good enough to play outside, has a contested catch ability, just a really solid receiver. How would he fit on the commanders? Yeah, right that's now, a great question. So to me, it's like, he gives you that kind of slot role. So maybe like that Curtis Samuel role if he isn't re-signed here. And I think he gives you enough that he could potentially play outside and you could move Jahan and Terry around the formation. So it gives you a little flexibility. Is he too much like those two? I think he's a, that's a, I think that's a really good Or is good he just question. so talented? It's like, just put him in there. I really like him. I, I really like him. He's a guy that like you just like. And I think he's, but I do think he is similar to the other guys. And so like, that's why a guy like um, uh, Devontae Walker is a guy that's getting a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm from from scouts for for the team because he's got a lot of speed but again i think he kind of feels like diami brown the thing he when he came here he's good at vertical route tree he's excellent at it he did vertical route tree today i needed to know if he can run an in cut i need to know if he can run a stop like he ran a stop today on cam hart and cam hart is a corner for notre dame he's 6'2 210 pounds big guy and cam hart ran the route for him picked the ball off so your one opportunity to run something that wasn't a deep vertical post vertical comeback whatever it is it didn't go well for you again it's the first day we're not going to kill these guys but that's something that, that that stuck out to me about him and i'm just a guy just a guy all right right i'm just a guy here they put up on the board uh out there miles per hour that these guys were running on the field um and walker had the fastest time there yeah. right so he has that speed it was 21.18 miles which per is hour. cooking really good now that being said and again i'm just a guy this is not an analysis yeah he didn't stand out to me. Yeah. Like I never went, ooh, yeah. like ever yeah. that whole day. And again, that could be just, I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. But he was the fastest guy there. When I saw that up there, I was like, oh, really? I didn't, like he didn't do yeah. anything. And so there, I was a, there was a couple times like they did that one-on-one at the end. So that was another thing I liked about the first practice with the national team, the national roster, excuse me. They got everyone together and they had call outs. 
So they had Devontae Walker call out. Um, I think it was the cornerback from Penn State. King. Uh, King, yeah. And he beat him on a go. The, the ball wasn't there, but he beat him on a go. So again, I like that he showed me that. But he needs. he's a guy that I need to see you know, some of that other stuff. Like, so for example, Brendan Rice today is a guy that I think we absolutely need to talk about. He's 6'2". He's uh, a little under 6'2". Um, he's about 200, 215 pounds. Big guy, physical, made some great contested catches today, fought through contact at a high level. And he's a guy that feels like he could be that true two for you, right? Really complete guy. Didn't love that he didn't get a lot of separation, but really high level stuff. And then with the second group, I mean, we got to talk about Jaquan Jackson, excellent slot receiver, did a great job there. In, in the same way that like Ricky Pearsall is excellent at running routes, this guy's like that on steroids. Like Ricky Pearsall gives you some inside-outside flexibility. I think Jaquan ja- uh, Jackson, excuse me, is an inside player only, but is excellent at that. Um, I, we already talked about Ryan from uh, Southeast Missouri, did a great job today. Um Johnny Wilson, we talked about Xavier Leggett. We talked about Lad McConkney was maybe the best receiver in the second group today. Like just super efficient, one every one on one, open all the time, super polished guy from Georgia. Again, that slot role. So I think what you're seeing here, there's a whole bunch of guys, in my opinion, that can run the slot stuff at a high level. I think, and this is just my assessment, that commanders need another true outside guy. So. Who in this fits the bill? So I think Xavier Leggett is a guy you'd circle there. Johnny Wilson, if he can answer all these questions over the course of the next couple of days, maybe, right? Devontae Walker, maybe. And then Brendan Rice would be another big maybe there. Oh, and the guy that I forgot. And if you don't know this guy, you should definitely write his name down. Javon Baker from Central Florida. 6'1", 210 pounds, an absolute... He is like Jahan Dotson if Jahan Dotson like lived in the weight room for a year. Like he is big, he's physical, he's got this great nuance. He could be a true one, in yeah. my opinion. You said if Jahan Dotson went super sane. That's, that's right. what you said. Yeah, nuance, that's yeah. right. That's in the notes. That's what I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of the vibe you get from him. He's great in, in contested catch situations. He's super physical. He's a guy that I think at the end of this week, after watching the day and watching his film, could progress into something special like you you might be talking about him at the end of the first round early second round and again washington's got a couple picks there so that would be um he's those kind of four names are guys that i've kind of circled for outside receiver need and again i'm not saying terry's not doing a good job i'm not saying jahan's doing a good job but i just say we love both of them when you when you look at the playoff pictures and you look at the teams in the playoffs they have multiple different types of receivers that bring different skill sets and can these are guys that bring different skill sets. And I think that's why we've kind of highlighted them. Again, receiver not a huge need for this team, but adding some depth there and just somebody who can come in and say, I've got an excellent fastball or my curveball is unbeatable or my jump ball abilities next level, right? If Johnny Wilson can show you that or uh, Devontae Walker, if he can just say, I, you can't cover me on a go, I don't care what the score is. Those are the types of qualities we're looking for for that outside guy. Brendan Rice, again, very physical guy on the outside. So that's I think kind of a good way to look at the receivers and I think the other group we got to talk about is the offensive line what do you want to say offensive line Jason yeah let's go offensive line I was going to ask a quick question question, Uh, the question being we mentioned the quarterback play was you know neither here nor there we're not going to overreact it's day one like you said day one and they're everybody's new with each other they could could tighten it up offenses all that stuff so how much of that second group would you say was all right quarterback play may not have been there but these corners, there mm. is some good corner play there too there that played into play. that because 
the uh, what was that? The uh, who went second? That was the uh, American roster went second. Uh, yeah, national roster went. Second. No, no, American oh, no, no, American. Roster. I got you. Sorry, I'm they went the second. So they look like they had a better defense. They just looked oh, that way. Oh, the defense way. Just, looked way better. So let's talk about those corners. We're talking about wide receivers. Yeah. What are some of the corners? What did you see from them? And then we'll go to O-line. Yeah, so the corners were interesting in this group because like, I thought some guy like um, Andrew Phillips from Kentucky stuck out to me as a guy that was very competitive, but he's the guy that gets beaked by Johnny Wilson on the deep ball. You know, mm-hmm. I thought he did a great job. Like, like that kind of click and close ability, hyper aggressive, you know, kind of a junkyard dog mentality at the cornerback position. Thought he did a great job with that. Um, and then I think the thing that, again, sticks out to me is the oh, safety from Maryland, uh, from Miami. We got to talk about him. Cameron Kitchens. I thought he lost a route to uh, Jaquan Jackson in the one on ones. But he's, his closing ability was so on point. Like, so basically, for people who don't know, like in one-on-ones, basically you play the defense like you've got middle help, middle field safety help, right? And so when the receiver runs across the formation, they're technically running to your help or where the help would be in the defense. So if you win on a crossing route, it's kind of like – so if you win on a basic or like, a, like I'm pushing to 10 and I'm cutting in, that's mm-hmm. a legitimate route. If I'm winning on a route where I'm running like at an angle across the field – it's a little bit of a bastardization of the drill because you're kind of running to where there should be somebody to play. And so on this rep with um, with Cameron Kitchens, he great click and close, closed the window nice and tight on Lad McConkey, and um, the ball was completed. But I'm like, that's a win. That that's a win technically for that football player, and that's something that you because he pushed to the help. He pushed to the help, which isn't there because it's a one on one. You know, so I, I think I think that's excellent. But I think the the thing in the team period that stuck out to me is just how much better that defensive line was. Obviously, the corners did a great job. They were very competitive at the catch point all day. And I think that's the thing is the quarterbacks in that second group, you know, your Spencer Rattlers, your Joe Miltons, your, your Pratts, all those guys, they kind of gave the DBs opportunities to make plays on the ball. And also, the other thing I will say is I don't know who the coach is for the American team. But they were very okay with a lot of defensive pass interference. And so I think that's also something I want to see from the receivers is how do you handle that kind of stuff, you know? So, um, but yeah. So to me, it's the corners are going to get a lot of credit because they kind of kept the receivers in check. But to me, it's the, it's the, it's the defensive line where for that group specifically just looked incredibly incredibly dynamic incredibly physical like it was a noticeable difference between the american roster and the national roster in terms of just physical size i mean you pointed out like right when they came on the field he's like look at sweat look at all these big Dude, sweat is a large man he is a large man who's who's what would he say he's got a pretty good get off no how do we characterize that He's got a. He can get off for a little bit of time. His he's quick in short bursts. He's he's very scary for two seconds. Yeah, for two seconds. Right. right. He's got some good twitch to him, and then so he was one piece. And he's and if you don't know who that is, he's from Texas. He's I think he's six four. He's he didn't weigh in, which tells me he's probably about four hundred pounds. Yeah. So three sixty four is what we had him at. What before. we had him at. <laughs> yeah. But then he was he did all the other measurables here except weight. Yes. He's, so he's like, not yet. Yeah, fellas. not yet. And obviously a defensive tackle. McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M, 6'1", 331, I thought had an excellent day. So think about those two guys. Like You come out here for the senior bowl, man. You're, you're excited to show off in front of scouts. You get a guy who's close to 400 pounds in sweat, and you get McKinley, who is, again, 331 pounds, and he's 6'1". He's built like a fire hydrant. There was a play where someone cut him. He put his hand on the ground, and his legs just were under him immediately. Like, because he was so, like, his... 
his proportions are such. So those are the two defensive tackles. Darius Robinson, number six from Missouri, is 6'5", 290. He's your defensive end. So, he, so we need to talk about defensive end because yes. you know the commanders. Yes, that's right. We need it. So give us the defensive end here. Tell us who these guys are, how they would fit with yeah. us, what we're looking at from them. There are a lot of good ones out there. There are a lot, a lot of really fantastic ones. And I think in the second group, it was just a physical group. But I want to say we don't really know exactly what they were, we're looking for yet because we don't have the head coach. Mm. But I'm looking for good football players, right? And so I, we probably don't need defensive tackle. Maybe we have a defensive tackle depth piece, right? But that'll probably happen later. But for me, this guy, Darius Robinson from Missouri, fits the bill. Because I think he can stand up in a 3-4. He can play a 5 technique if you want him to. He rushed inside today during one-on-ones and killed some guards. He rushed on the edge with great power, great runway. So I like that flexibility on the defensive line, right? He's big. He's physical. He's nasty. He finished hard, right? I think today he made himself some money. I thought maybe he'd sneak into day three and you kind of fall into some, you know, really nice. I think he might be a top of day two guy now. But, um, but off again, of one day? Because uh, the thing about that is it supports, it's supported by his film. He plays that way on film. So you bring him here, you say, oh, is he going to be able to match up with this level of competition? You know, the, the guidance of the world, all these different guys. And I, he looked like one of the better players on the field. Who right? does he remind you of? Give me that comp. That's a great listeners. Did I not put one down there? Was I being lazy? I can, I can look it up. I can look so it up. So basically what he reminds me of is he's, he's 290, he's 6'5", 290, and he's like rocked up. So like he reminds me of like a like a superhero, you know, but he plays like a supervillain, if that makes sense. So Ooh, love it. Yeah, yeah. So he's like um he's like I'd say he plays kinda like Montez Sweat if Montez Sweat was two ninety. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Physical through your face. Like I just enjoyed watching him play today. A mm-hmm. lot. And awesome. uh, and I think he's very, very physically talented. Um, but again, there's guys like, uh, he's one of the guys, Chris Braswell from Alabama, I thought did a great job today. Like he had a rep versus uh, Patrick Paul today. Patrick Paul is the biggest man here at the event. He's six, seven, he's three thirty. He's got 36 inch arms. He's from Houston. Everybody's kind of circled him as their potential fast riser, a guy that could push into the early second round. I see a lot of technical deficiencies with his game and Braswell is not a big man. You know, he played stand up outside linebacker at, um, at Alabama, he's six three. He's two. He's heavy, weight heavier than I thought. He's two fifty seven. So a bigger guy than I thought, but plays with great power. And so first rep, you're going against a mountain, and he just walked him back into the quarterback. And so I say like, that is showing again. What's your superpower? What's your trait? You know, we saw um, with Darius Robinson the ability to play outside inside with great power and great explosiveness, great great effort. And Chris Braswell, you're a power rusher. Can you rush pass rush with power and NFL style body? And that was something that um, I thought he showed today, you know, and then mm. in the first group, you got a bunch of guys who I thought, so while there was a lot of guys, and then we also, we also got to mention uh, Miles Cole from Texas Tech, big, physical, long guy, very twitchy, but again, 6'5", 285, 35-inch arms, kind of these big freaks. I, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but the second group just had these monstrous defensive players, especially on the defensive line that were able to compress pockets at a really high level. And it made it challenging for, 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 the, for the American roster offense to be successful. But think about the group in the morning, how they're much more like pass rush specific. You got Latu Latu, a guy that we've talked about a lot. He is, I mean, watching him do bag drills, watching him pass rush, dude, he reminds me of Jared Allen in the sense like I played against Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. There's certain pass rushes you play against that don't have bones in their body. 
and he doesn't have bones. Like you go to punch him and he's just able to give at the right time, duck at the right time, bend at the right time. Um, so his is his comp like a waterfall? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like it's so smooth but powerful. Yeah, right? it's, it's it's exactly right. And so Talisi Fuaga got after him today, but don't let that one rep you're going to see on Twitter take away from his day. Like he is just I, to me, he's probably the best defensive player in the draft potentially. So where would he potentially go in the draft? That's a great question. Uh, give me, give me like a range. Is he mid first round or early first round or is so, it? There? Yeah, I'll give you a range. So in my mock, he would be the fir- he'd go he'd go nine to whoever I had him going to. I forget what it was, but let me let me explain. Yeah, go ahead. So talent wise, film wise, nine. Okay, he's excellent. He might not test great. Like I think he'll test fine. I don't think he'll test exceptionally well. He also has extreme extreme medical concerns extreme medical concerns he medically retired from UW for with a neck issue was sat out of football for two years and then couldn't get cleared by Cal because the medical issue was so significant then UCLA cleared him so he played the full year and he's fine from what I understand but he will get pushed down draft boards because of that because a lot of teams will have a a a fail grade on him like a like a red grade means they won't draft him so commander centric yes right number two overall pick you're not taking him there. Not taking him there. Right. Assuming that we're staying at number two. Yeah. Chances of us getting this guy pretty thin. We'd have to move up for it or we'd have to trade back at two because he's he's in that weird spot where like he's not going to fall to yeah. the second round for us and we're too high to take a chance on somebody that has that medical history. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So what I would say is like you've got Jared Verse from Florida State. He'll probably go ahead of him and then um, – um, Dallas Turner from Alabama mm. will probably go ahead of him. Mm. So maybe he slips down into a spot where, hey, at 35, we're really fortunate. We have a top 10 talent who's here at 35. I personally think a team will, will take a shot on him before then because the film's so good. But but again, you never know. He's, he is kind of in that that no man's land between, I think, he, I think he's a top 10 pick. But let's say, for example, the medical, he doesn't test well. He's still going to go on the first round. We've had people with medical concerns drop. Montez Sweat's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. So it's possible that if he falls far enough, maybe we're trading up or trading yeah. down. We don't. Just, I just want to preface this. Yeah. We don't know anything about what our organization's going to do. Correct. We we're any, all yeah. speculating. Right. There. But like, that's what's fun to do with leading up to the draft is trying to guess what we could do to get these top players that we're seeing here. Yeah. Right. So medical maybe he falls down maybe the commanders go we really need an edge yeah let's take a, let's take a chance we move up so you're saying like he's he's a really good player he's a really good player really good player and, and he looks it and he's here he looks it um, jared allen's a great cop man that's yeah so guy with no bones so that's always good but again there's other guys that rush the passer well like brendan uh, mcgregor from michigan is a guy that Reminds me a lot of like Aiden Hutchinson. Like he's big, he's tall, he's like six five, he's like two seventy. Stand up edge had a great power move today on the tackle. Um, he is a guy that again is probably going to be there when the Commanders are picking, right? Mm. And then you've got a guy like uh, Javon Solomon, who is this really tiny, undersized edge rusher. He's six foot. He's two forty. Looks like he's two fifty. Excuse me. Looks like James Harrison a little bit, but has a lot of pass rush juice. So. If you're looking for a rotational guy that adds some pass rush juice, kind of like um, like Huff up in with, with the New York Jets, he would be an interesting pick, I think. So they are there are pieces there that'll be there later. Um, I think another guy is Marshawn Keelan from Western Michigan, 6'3", 268, 
good power, good solid football player. So there are, are these guys. The problem with good solid football players, at least them showing at the Senior Bowl, is they're going to go in the second round. So you're going to have to use probably 35 or 38 on that player in terms of making sure you allocate. One of the guys we just talked about, outside of um, outside of Latu Latu, all those other guys I mentioned are guys that are, are viable there, right? Miles Cole, I think, is probably more of a third or fourth round guy, but um, the way that um, Darius Robinson played today, 100% available on the board, I think, as a player, right? Uh, uh, Marshall Keelan, 100%. Uh, Javon Solomon, later, but obviously pass rush juice. Braden McGregor feels like a second, maybe third round player. So that's kind of what you're talking about there. So with five picks in the first three rounds yeah. for Washington, yeah. and, we, and you want an edge, yeah. right? Assuming that that's what they want to go with here, not in the first round. Right. And let's say we're talking more second, third round. Yeah. Who would be the guy that's like, hey, we're going to just watch this guy. Yeah. So right. For, not we should take him because we don't know yet. We but don't know. Based on what we've seen. Let's let's take a look at this guy. Could be a good find in the late second, early third. Late second. So I would say late second, early third. <sighs> that's tough, man. I think Javon Solomon, he, he caught my eye a little bit today, which I was excited about. Um, again, not an every down player, but with enough juice where you say, hey, man, in the right role, in the right situation, in the right rotation, could be a you know seven to ten sack guy, which is incredible. What about know? him stuck out? That is incredible. Yeah, by the way, it's us. just he, there's certain guys that have it as pass rushers, right? So when you mm-hmm. watch Latu, dude's got no bones. Like, he looks amazing, right? And he gets got, but all pass rushers get got. But his ability, he had a rep on, um, on Morgan, who, again, is a first-round tackle from Arizona, where he just... Morgan goes to punch him. He just dips his, chops the hand, dips the shoulder, plants the foot, his shoulders at Morgan's hip. And then he just works around the corner and probably would have gotten a sack. And it just looked easy for him, right? So with Javon Solomon, you see some of the same stuff. It's, it's stylistically, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more kind of, kind of these boundy, explosive steps, but he's able to kind of set the line of the tackle adjust the line of the tackle and then work edges at a high level you know with with good power and rip to finish which again some of those shorter pass rushers have the ability to to do so i think he's an interesting one uh, a guy that we didn't talk about where's his name on here the kid from penn state um isaac isaac i thought flashed something to me today so again may, not a first round guy maybe in that top second maybe he slides down a little bit because he's a little bit stiff but i think he's a really good football player and he's got some explosive qualities to him that make you say hey so i came into this process at the senior bowl thinking if they don't get an edge in the first round they're going to be kind of in a lot of trouble but i think we've just talked about five six seven guys that are second and third round players that add value and have some flexibility to play different positions on the defensive line you know so i think that that's how i would look at that group but again that the group specifically with the national roster, that big physical, or no, excuse me, with the American roster, that big physical group really stuck out today. They almost dominated all of my vision today because they were just so physical up front against that offensive line. Again, Washington needs some offensive linemen, so maybe go, maybe we go there next. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's move to offensive line. Yeah. I want our listeners to know that we know linebacker is important. Yeah, safety is important. We touched on corner a little bit. Yeah. We're gonna. We're doing this the next two days, yeah. and then we're going to have another pod that's like a big recap review. of the Senior Bowl and everything, a big review. So uh, it, we'll touch on those positions, I promise, but for the sake of time and brevity, yeah. let's let's do O-line. Okay, and it's yeah. important to note just for the fans that these drills, they favor defensive linemen and they favor receivers. Yeah. So they're easier to see those reps, right? It's hard for DBs to win the one-on-ones. It's harder for offensive linemen to win them one-on-one. So when the offensive line do win them, and again, offensive linemen, they get more one-on-one reps, 
right? They kind of, like you were out there today, they just rapid fire through them one after another. The receivers and the DBs, it takes them a long time, so you don't get the, the volume. But we do have some guys that, that we like and that we're excited about. It's just, it's harder to evaluate them in this setting. Like this, to me, if, if, you're, if you're a defensive lineman, offensive lineman, receiver, tight end, you know, offensive skill player, this is for you. Defensively, it can be, it can be very challenging to be successful here. You said something to Fred on the last command center. Yeah. Not the podcast to show, the which show. Yeah. everybody can check out on YouTube. Yep. It's the one where you guys are at the fire pit. If you want to find this conversation, yeah. Logan at with Fred, but you said like the hardest thing to evaluate is, DBs. is the DBs. Yes. And Fred looked at you all funny because Fred's a DB and he thought you were taking a shot at him, but you're not. I'm not. Because one of the things I'm trying to do is producing this is I'm trying to just watch as much film as I can. Mm-hmm. Not because I know anything, but because I want to have an idea of who you're talking Talking about, about, right? right? Just so I can picture somebody in my head. And you're exactly right. Because the thing, it's for me, it was highlights are the only thing that really work for DBs. Work. Because if the ball doesn't go to them, that may be a win, but nobody cuts those highlights for you. Nobody cuts, oh, he didn't target over here. Right. And the quarterback may have not thrown over there because blanket coverage, great coverage. So who's watching through games to see, A, if that's the read, B, what type of coverage that is, yeah. and see if the corner was so locked on him the ball doesn't go there and saying, oh, that's a great play. Yeah, It's the same sort of thing here to me, right? Like I don't the, – the one-on-ones, yes, but like you said, I would have never have known that like that route in. Yeah. Well, he's pushing the help. So that guy caught the ball, and it looks like, oh, he got the DB on that one-on-one. But the DB's pushing the help. Like, right. that's exactly the right technique you want to see. Right. And I wouldn't know that. So, we'll, we'll, all of this to say is that DB is a very deep conversation. Yeah. And it's like, it's just difficult for me to understand. So, I'm going to ask you a lot about that. Yeah. And we'll do that in the next two days. And, and again, it's, it's hard to do DB because, like, think about targets, like target share. Like, you go through PFF's metrics and you'll have a guy who's been targeted over the course of a season. So, in the NFL, we're talking. 18 games, sometimes with the playoffs, it's more than that. You're talking thousands of snaps and they'll have 20 targets, 30 targets, 40 targets. That's 40 plays for you to like evaluate because like they, it's unlike an offensive lineman or a running back, like they're getting the ball, they're in the path, they're in, they're in the thick of it, right? And with defensive backs, and, and I've heard this from scouts across every, every team I've been on, DB is tough because they just don't get the play volume. And so here it's tough too. Because they don't get the play volume because of the rotations and because of um, how the practices are structured. So we're going to try and get our best evaluation. Now, I talked about Cam Hart's interception, did a great job on that. But that's one play. So how did he do for the rest of practice? Harder to discern. Yeah, um, that's was, where we need Fred. Yeah, yeah. We that's just we need, need Fred. Fred. That's what we need Fred, right? <laughs> and for Cam Hart, that's a great example. I know we're getting sidetracked, but that's what I do. I get sidetracked on the ADHD, right? So the, um, they were in cover three, someone com- completes an out on him, but am I mad at him for letting the out get completed in cover three? No, like that's the hook players responsibility. So how do you grade that? We're yeah. going to work on it. We'll fight. We'll figure something out. Let's talk about O-line. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy that really stood out, but don't say his name. This is called a tease. Like, <laughs> we're going to talk about some O-linemen, but there was a guy that like really stood out. We're going to talk about him last. Okay. Okay. We'll so go through these and then we'll let you know who was like, who's, man, he who's dominated the guy? today. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he looked really dude. good. So let me see. We are with the, let's start with the American roster. Okay. So the American roster, it was uh, a bunch of guys that I re- was really, uh, no, let's start with the national roster. Excuse me. Gosh, I'm all over the place here, Jason. So the first guy that I want to talk about is uh, Kingley 
Kingsley Sumataya, and he's from BYU, a little bit of a developmental guy, but a guy that I thought with his great physicality did some really good stuff today. Kind of bodied up defenders, got in front of guys, handled the bull rush. Again, not overly technically sound necessarily, but a guy that stuck out to me from a physical presence type of standpoint, right? Then there's the the big dog, Talisi Fuaga, who everyone's going to be talking about, Oregon State. I have him, honestly, as a top 10 pick. I have him as my second tackle in the entire draft. Really good football player. Um, just kind of a weird build. Got shorter arms, 33-inch arms. But love the physicality. Love the mindset. I want to see a little bit more from him as the week goes on in terms of that physicality I saw at Oregon State. To me, it looks like he's still trying to... Um, to kind of figure stuff out, figure out like what he's good at, figure out what he's comfortable with in, in terms of the new offense that he's learning. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on. Jordan Morgan, another guy, um, is a guy that is everyone has very high on their boards, but I think is very technically raw. I think he's a guy that has a little bit of developing to do, um, but he I thought he showed some good development. So all the kind of rawness on his film, I know he's been working with a personal line coach. thought he looked a lot better today, and hopefully he looks better for the rest of the week. Um, and then a guy that absolutely dominated on the interior was uh, Jackson Powers Johnson. He's 320 pounds. Is that right? 320-ish pounds. Um, and he plays center and guard and basically won all of his one-on-ones and looked very confident doing it. Um, hard to see in the teamwork because he gets mixed in it. But here at the, at the Senior Bowl, if you win one-on-ones and you're that dude, like that's impressive. And I think he just – he really stuck out from that standpoint – um, and a guy that I'm excited to watch more of as the week goes on because, you know, he's, he's probably the number one center on a lot of guys' boards. But um, it's, it's always fun to kind of see those guys develop as the week, as the week goes on. So that's the national roster, good, good tackles. And, um, you know, I, they, those are kind of honestly like probably the higher graded group. Uh, maybe we'll see Tyler Guyton guy that I like a lot in the second group converted tight end went to Oklahoma 6'7", 320 ish pounds. And you see the transition of position here, right? You see a tremendous athlete. You see a guy who moves exceptionally well. You see a guy that scouts and coaches are going to just fall in love with because he's so big and he's so athletic, but still learning some of the finer points of the position. I thought he had some really competitive reps today. Uh, we talked about the defensive line, how physical they were. And, uh, you know, I thought he had a couple reps that could have been better, but I thought he had a couple reps where he looked really physically in control, which uh, for a guy that's going to potentially be a first-round pick, I think is is pretty exciting. Uh, Delmar Glaze from Maryland is a guy that had a very quiet day, but a very consistent day. I thought he was very consistent with his pass sets. They did like a one-on-one run drill where I thought he was able to kind of create some good bend, create some good movement. And then um, a guy that I was lower on, Javon Foster out of Missouri, I thought, again, showed some of the issues that I had with him today, but I thought was more competitive at this level than I thought he would be. He's 6'5", 310 pounds, 35-inch arm. So a guy that you look at the frame, you say, man, everything's on the table for him. Very exciting. And then another guy, Patrick Paul. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of him. He's from Houston. He's 6'7", 330 pounds, 36-inch arms. Huge. Guy, guy that I was not super stoked on. And because of some technical issues I saw in his pass sets and stuff, and some of that stuff came out today. I thought in one-on-ones, probably his first three or four one-on-ones in pass protection just couldn't quite get his bearings, right? Braswell bulged him. The next D-lineman bulls him. And he couldn't... In college, he was so big, he would just basically open up his hands, let you run down his middle, and he would just grab you. At this level, these guys are too explosive. They're too powerful. 
that's one where you say the frame is there, the physicality is there. He had one. Of, he had probably the best one-on-one run blocking rep today. Fit his guy up and like kept his feet moving like he wasn't there. And literally in a one-on-one drill, I can't explain to you how hard this is. Drove him five yards off the ball. It was an incredible rep. But that's that's also colored by these really bad misses. So he's a guy has it all physically. Over the next three days, can he figure it out and and handle some of these stronger guys? So, the commander's offensive line as it currently is. Yes. You got a dog with Cosmia Garden. Dog. Right. He's, I think PFF had him rated as like, if not the highest, one of the highest guards. He, over the last eight weeks of the season, yeah. he was the highest graded guard in the NFL. Yeah. He, and he was playing against some good dog. guys dog. in the middle there. Yeah. Um, probably looking for tackle, you would think, right? If you're going to go O line. That's where you want That's why the I've most help. Focus that, yeah, on those right. guys. So, a lot of these guys play tackle in college, but they yeah. don't always translate the tackle right. here in the NFL. They end up being guards. Yeah. So, if you want to tackle, it's it, the history shows that you have to you have to get one pretty early. Yep. So, again, we're at number two. Yeah. Probably that. not taking a tackle. So, who here do you think of these guys that, that stood out? Are you like they could come? And be a part of this offensive line with the commanders really help us out. Like, is there right any? Now. Are they all depth pieces? Right, that we're talking about right now. Like, give me the evaluation on how they would fit in on this team day one. Yeah, so I think you know, obviously, I mentioned um, Fuaga is probably going to be a first round guy. Like, not probably is going to be a first round guy after the second round, after the second overall pick, right? Um, then you've got Tyler Guyton, who I bet. By the end of this week, if he develops the way people anticipate him developing with the higher level of competition, is going to be gone, right? So that leaves a very different type of player. You know, it leaves mm-hmm. like Kingsley uh, Sumataya, who is very good, but a little bit raw. And I, I think fans are going to freak out and be like, oh my gosh, we can't take a raw guy too. The NFL, this process is about projecting. So does this guy have the traits to get you there? And I think he does, right? Okay. I think he's got the traits. It's just about does he get with the right O-line coach and does he develop the way you want him to? Because I do think he he definitely could do that, right? He's definitely big enough. He's definitely athletic enough. Technically, there are some issues there. Another developmental guy is Ethan Driscoll from Marshall. He's six, I think he's six eight. He's like 330. Big, long, tall guy. Looks like a basketball player, honestly. Figuring it out with this level of competition, lost a rep in his one-on-ones today, but I think there's enough movement skills that he could be like a Spencer Brown, and Spencer Brown has been the starting right tackle for the Buffalo Bills for the last mm-hmm. five years, mm-hmm. so or the last four years. So th- there is that guy too. I think a guy that sticks out to me is a guy that we were saving. We'll save him for a second, but Delmar Glaze I think is pretty polished. I think he's a good enough athlete. It just depends on how, how motivated he is to be great. Like, that's his thing for me when I watch him. Javon Foster, developmental, the guy from Missouri. Again, Paul Patrick, or Patrick Paul, excuse me, is the guy you'd say, yes, physically, that's the guy we want. That's the right tackle of the future. But I think he needs to be with the right kind of O-line coach. I think he needs an elite O-line coach to get him there. And when he's there, his ceiling is so high. Mm. He's probably got one of the higher ceilings of this group. It's just what what gives him that high ceiling? That's a great question. So I think you it, to me it's the length. You just can't coach his frame. He's six seven. He's three thirty. He's got thirty six inch arms, 
which would have been the longest arms at the combine last year. And when, with that length, you can be so disruptive to tackles. And I think you can see that with Dewan Jones last year. Dewan Jones would just use his length, disrupt the pass rusher's flow. He great, was on Cleveland, by the way. Yeah, he played for Cleveland. Uh, did, a, did such a great job of that and did a great job throughout the process of showing you that on film. It's not something that every person with long arms is good at, which is why I think that's a huge projection to be like, this guy's going to be good because of his frame. He needs to learn how to use his frame. And again, we saw that today with the physicality and the run reps. And today's only the first day. But what does that look like moving forward would be my question. Um, and does he develop? And then the guy, can we talk about our, our hidden guest? Our Let's do guest? it. Let's do it. And how he fits in the commanders, how we could potentially right. get him. So you're, he was. Oh. So we're talking about. <laughs> so we're talking about guys that are good, good value second round picks, right? And to me, I had Christian Jones in this group when I did my evals. So he's he's played at Christian Jones from Texas, 6'6", 315, kind of your perfect right tackle. Played a lot of football in college, very technically sound. And for me, with offensive linemen, I always bet on that technical acumen almost more than anything because it's like a martial art, right? The more times I throw a punch, the more times I understand distance. He's had a lot of reps doing that. And today you saw that. People tried to beat him with speed. He was able to find his angle and punch his hands. People try to beat him with power. He's able to set his anchor at a high level, right? And again, I'm talking about, uh, what's his name? D Darius Robinson, who was absolutely assassinating people with his power rush. Christian Jones gets up there. And Christian Jones is not a huge, he's a big guy. He's a wide body guy, but he's not heavy. So you're like, how's he going to sink and absorb this contact? And he, he ate it like it was Cinnamon Toast Crunch, man. Like he was like, oh, you good? I'm good. Let's do it again. Is that what they mean when they anchor? Yes, right. It's right? Ability, it's the ability. Like you'll see tall You're guys. Dense. Yeah, it's like your ability to sink your hips and leverage yourself below that bull rushing player. So a lot of guys have a really hard time with that, and I feel like Kingsley Kingsley Suamataya has a hard time with that. He's just so damn big and heavy that he's able to kind of eat that up. But but Christian um, Christian, what's his last name? Jones. Christian Jones does it with great technique. And again, that just comes with reps. And so it's the first day. You may have a terrible day tomorrow, but that jumps out to you on film when you watch it. Because in college, he's very technically sound. He understands the angle at a high level. Here, he understands the angle and technically how to sit that bull very well. And I think if you want a guy that's approximately plug and play, that's about as close as you're going to get outside of the, you know, the Guitons, the uh, Jordan... Uh, the Josh Morgans, right? Those guys that are like the fringe first round guys um, because those guys will go early because the potential, the athletic yeah. potential. Christian Jones, not the same athlete, not the same frame, but very technically sound. And I think a guy that fits right in that window for the Washington Commanders, depending on offensive scheme, obviously. Yeah, when watching today, um, we were sitting with uh, our staff writer, Zach Selby, Zach Selby. who, um, lineman himself he was yeah d3 and, lineman people yeah. know about him yep. and he was uh he was just he was pretty impressed and the two of you were just all about christian jones day yeah. very very excited and for I, him i'm yeah. trying to remember the last rep so last rep of the day was they kind of everyone had gone through and so we talked about you know how uh, darius robinson had this really solid physical day there was just this intimidation factor when he was on the field and so he had gone down the line, and Christian Jones hadn't gone against him. And so he had done a great job against Miles Cole, who's big and physical and twitchy, but not the same animal. So they, on the last rep of one-on-ones, they brought out, you know, um, uh, Darius Robinson and Christian Jones, and were like, "Let's see this." Mm -hmm. And it was like you kind of could feel the electricity in the air. 
big collision and you're like, oh, and you could see Jones kind of set his anchor down. And I loved what Robinson did. He tried to transition the outside shoulder right away, which is a great move, right? You sit the guy down, you make him stop his feet, the offensive tackle, and then you are moving forward. So you, so you, so you transition off. And with a big power rusher like that, it's deadly. It should work every time. Jones felt it, kicked one more time, got right back in front of him, and the pocket was collapsing, but it's that's four or five, that's four seconds. And so that little move there, you're like, it gives me chills just thinking about it, right? Because it's so hard to do that, especially with someone who was as dominant from a power standpoint as Darius Robinson was. Yeah, you could feel that everybody was excited for that one-on-one. Wide receiver one-on-ones were going on at the same time. People weren't watching that. They were watching this every year because these were the two guys that were clearly having the best day and finally getting to see the matchup. And it was was a collision. Like you said, it was impressive. And it wasn't like – and it wasn't just us. Like the guys in front of us stopped watching one-on-ones. Yeah, we had uh, guys from the Chargers and the Vikings were right in front of us. They kind of migrated over and then everyone – like it wasn't like us – but everyone's like, oh, look at that. Like, you can hear it. And yeah, so you can hear it, yeah. It was kind of one of those moments in the day where you're like, oh, that's pretty exciting. And so hopefully he can continue that because he's going to make himself a lot of money. Christian Jones and Darius Robinson, for that matter, um, if they keep going that way. Yeah, and Selby, I don't know if it's out yet by the time this podcast goes out, but he does a nice little write-up um, evaluating some of the players yeah, today. He does a good Senior job. Bowl, he'll put that on commanders.com. And he talks about Christian Jones. And like I said, as a former lineman himself, uh He's got he's, good, got, he's got some good insights. So, and, guys, and make sure you check out Selby on commanders.com and, and his write ups. Selby, because he played the position, is very, very hard on those guys. And, I, and I'd be remiss. Mm. I'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to uh, uh, Javion Cohen from Miami, number 54. Another one of those guys like Christian Jones, who every time the, the bell was called, right, he just answered it, right? We talked about McKinley Jackson. We talked about um, Sweat, Devontae, uh, Devontae Sweat. Devontae. Javante. No, what's his name? Tavondre Sweat. There we go. And how they were just kind of murdering everybody (laughs) all day. And he was a guy inside at guard. And again, maybe not the biggest need for the commanders, but had another one of those days where he was like, oh, you want to challenge me? Let's go. Oh, we're doing team run. I'm going to finish. And so it's, I think it's cool that a guy that wasn't necessarily on my radar comes out and looks like maybe the best guard of the day. So that's always fun too. Absolutely. Uh, Just wrapping up. I know you kind of did this real quick. Again, we're going to be back tomorrow. Yep. We're going to be back Thursday with podcasts, mm-hmm. recapping the days, and then we'll have a big one. So there's plenty of content coming up. But just real quick, for the next two days, again, you said at the beginning, don't overreact yeah, on don't day overreact one. don't overreact the first day. Don't do it. All right. So who are guys that you want to keep your eye on? Give me give me three or four. Okay. Keep your eye on from a Washington perspective sure. these next two days. So I would say, obviously, Christian Jones. He's earned that right today. After today, he deserves that because, like, if he's going to be, if we're going to pick him at 38, like, he's going to have another excellent two days. And I think he can, but he's going to have to have two more good days. Patrick Paul, another guy. Can he figure it out over the next couple days? So those are two offensive linemen, right? Um, Defensive line edge guys. We talked about Robinson. I think that's self-explanatory. But can a guy like Miles Cole, the Texas Tech defensive end, can he show a development over these next couple of days and play to what his athletic traits seem to think they should play at, play at, right? Braswell might sneak into the first round, but if he can show that consistent power day in and day out, I think that's exciting. James Williams, the linebacker from Miami. They converted him from safety to linebacker. He had an excellent tackle in the hole today, super physical off the transition, like pop. Everyone's down, everyone cheers, everyone's really excited. Can he continue to handle the physicality of that position? And then obviously the three receivers I think we're going to be looking at are, you know, Leggett, 
uh, Devontae Walker and Johnny Wilson. Can one of those guys show they have that elite size profile and the work ethic to say I can, or, and then Brendan Rob, Brendan Rice in terms of that big outside X receiver. So those are the guys that I'd kind of just, they're still circled in my book. Can we, does, does some of their success continue? Do they develop? All those receivers we're talking about, they still need to develop. They still need to show me something except for Brendan Rice, who was great today, but you know, first day, but those kind of group of 10, definitely guys I'm watching over the next couple of days. Dude. This is so much fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot a of fun and sunburn, right? Yeah, a lot of sunburn. That's yeah. right. Got to get some aloe, right? Yeah, that was a rookie move on my part. Uh, Me too, though. I got yeah. a nice little sunglass tan line right here. Uh, but yeah, super excited for what we're doing just with Ticket to the Draft. Thanks, SeatGeek, yep. for getting us out here. It's the best seat in the house. Best way to get that <laughs> is through SeatGeek. Um, but we really do appreciate that. Um, Logan, you're going to be going all the way through Senior Bowl. That's right. You're going to be at the Combine. Yep. And we're going to do this at the Combine podcast every day, yep. talking about that. All We're taking you all the way up to when the commanders are on the clock. That's exactly right. right. And then we're going to evaluate afterwards, right? <laughs> so this is a big, big year for the commanders and the draft. New head coach coming soon. Yep. Adam Peters in here. Uh, we're just We're super excited to be with the fans going all the way up through this and your expert analysis. Yeah, I don't know if it's, we're, we're getting expert. We're, we're getting there. We're, we're progressing towards expert each and every time we watch somebody, but it's a fun group and it's always fun coming here and just seeing guys have the opportunity. You know, I get all nostalgic thinking about it. It's just like this cool thing where guys are changing their lives each and every day out of practice. So hopefully that continues and uh, just really exciting. And, and, you know, please like, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow. I'm going to do a quick tease. Quick tease. Tomorrow, Trevor Sikama from That's PFF right. yeah. will be on this podcast, right? We're going to interview him after the first uh, team practice, yep. uh, but we're going to talk to him, all commanders. Everything we're going to do is going to be commanders focused, right? About what he's seen in the senior bowl, some of these guys, these prospects, what they could mean for us as an organization. And uh, you're going to have a great chat with him because he gets really nerdy too. I hope so. Yeah. He, he does get really excited. So make sure you guys tune into this podcast. We'll definitely, we'll have Trevor Sycamo in there. Then we'll have day three, a recap pod. Uh, that recap pod, pod will also go on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to our commanders YouTube page. Hit the like and subscribe here. Leave comments. I'll read them. I'll That's ask right, Logan yeah. your ask questions. questions about guys. That, that'd be super helpful, actually. Yeah, what do you absolutely. Want to see? Give them to Jason in the comments. That's incredibly important. All right, Logan. All right, man. Yeah. Another day. Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow.